Good afternoon, Steelers Nation, and welcome inside Hind Field once again. It's another special edition of the Steelers Blitz here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold live at training camp 2021. It's Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler with you here until the next two hours, rocking and rolling. As always, you know the drill. If you want to get involved with the show, you can get at us on the Twitter.com. We'll take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. Arthur Motes, I've got some good news for you. Okay, I like good news. Five weeks from today. Uh-huh. That's quick math. 35 days. Okay, okay, okay. Five weeks from today, exactly. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be playing the Buffalo Bills mm -hmm. right now, Arthur Motes. One o'clock, we're kicking off the season right now. Five weeks exactly from this time. Just about three hours north of here in beautiful Orchard Park in Buffalo, New York. Motesy, how we do it. Well, I'm going to put the pressure on you right now. Starting five, offensive line, who is it? Opening day. Oh, goodness. All right, I can give you. And how, they do they, and how do they perform? I can give you four of the five very confidently. Okay. Starting left tackle, shoots a core four. Okay. Starting center, rookie out of Illinois, Kendrick Green. Okay. <sighs> Starting right guard, first year with the Steelers, three-time pro bowler. Most recently of the Chargers, Trey okay. Turner. Okay. And starting right guard from the West Coast, everyone's favorite follow on Twitter, Mr. Zach Banner. Fight Ooh, on, USC. Okay, okay, okay. Arthur Motes, the answer that I don't know for you is who's going to start at the left guard position because that has been yeah. a little bit of a carousel. That, some, that's the one I wanted to hear. There's some <laughs> new names in the conversation. I would love to say to you it's going to be Kevin Dotson. Uh, but, man, buddy, as this thing plays out, that seems like, like more and more of a coin flip, like more and more of an uncertainty. You know the thing, when I look back on minicamp and OTAs, you remember the report that came out about Kevin Dotson and the organization, or more so the coaches, not being happy with him. And I remember Correct. how everybody responded to that, right? We started getting all the posts about his body and his workouts and how he's good to go, and everybody vouched for him, He was right? on TikTok, you know, like, oh, I'm not working out, but posting videos of him in the weight room. Yeah. Right, but it, it, it put us all under the assumption that once training camp got here, it would be put to rest. He would be out here, he will be available every practice, and he would look the part. He would look like the future starting left guard for your Pittsburgh Steelers. But unfortunately, that hasn't been the case it's right now. And it's something that I'm really interested to, to find out more about because the expectations were very high. And even with those uh, reports that came out, we were supposed to get that all put to rest. So now we I wonder. That's true. So now it has me thinking full circle here. Were those reports mm. a little bit more factual than what we had led on mm. to be? Because you remember how it was met at the time. Everybody just kind of, you know, bashed it and kind of went on their way about it. But as we're seeing right now in training camp, his lack of availability is it, it, starting to make me wonder, is there something more going on here, man? It's a fair question to ask. And you know I don't like to do this. Because there are certain, <laughs> and we might even talk about this later on, there are certain, certain Pittsburgh Steelers that haven't been readily available out here on the practice field, Arthur Motes. But there's a lot more rhyme or reason to those guys' absences or lack of full participation yeah. than Kevin Dotson. A, a lot of the guys that I'm referencing are veterans, are established, are all-pro, Pro Bowl types, where you're not necessarily jonesing to see those guys out Correct. here. You know, all right, as long as you're ready to go five weeks from today, right, you'll be we're, fine. we're good. Kevin Dotson was one of those guys, I mean, let's be honest, he, he's, doesn't fall in that he does not fall in that category. Yeah. 
I think even more so, you and I discussed this a little bit as it relates to Anthony McFarland, I think even more so Arthur Motes, when you consider these second-year guys, man, they had really none of this last summer. Very true. They had no rookie minicamp. They had no OTAs. They had no minicamp. And they did not have training camp to this magnitude. They did not have a four-week-long training camp where you're playing preseason games mm -hmm. and traveling within that schedule as well, too. They had like a, what, like a two-and-a-half, three-week truncated, I really like that, truncated training camp here at Heinz Field. That's all that it was. There was very few people. There was no fans. There was very few select media members No preseason games. No preseason games. We really wanted to see how some of these second-year guys would respond to more opportunity to a legitimate off-season program, something they didn't have their rookie year. Very true. Kevin Dotson was one of those guys, Motsi, and – you're right. It, it, the first few days of camp, it was easy to be like, all right, well, you know, maybe he just – They're just easing him back into maybe it. Maybe they're it's easing him the back camp. into it. Maybe right. he's got a soft muscle injury or something mm -hmm. that they just want to – you know, there's all different things that when it's just one practice, okay. When it's just two practices, okay. Well, you know what? Today was the first day in pads. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're just easing him into it. Maybe he's dealing with something that's lingering that they're just being extra cautious with. But as one or two days most starts to turn into one or two weeks – you're right. You start to – the eyebrows perk up a little bit. Yeah, because he's a young player. It's not like we're talking about a guy who's came off of a very hard and grueling season the year before or right, he's been right. a, you know, four- or five-year starter at that position, and we understand that, hey, man, we got to ease him back into this thing. We don't want to overuse him right now. That's not the case with him. So No, it's the opposite. In fact, you don't want to ease him into this thing. You want to you see him you hit, the hit the ground, the ground running right. and, and getting work in. Yeah. Absolutely. So when we're looking at this scenario – and it's not that. It's not, you know, him being out there hitting the ground running. It's not us having multiple practice reports where we're just talking about how great he looks out here. It makes you feel a little bit more concerned. It makes you start to question what's really going on here. And the longer he's unavailable, the more this question becomes, you know, more prevalent. It, it, it's going to go to the forefront of these conversations a lot more. So and I think especially, too, is like we see some of the other guys who were mm -hmm. limited to start camp, guys like Stephon Tuitt. So we've seen them be more and more active out here. Correct. It makes you look even more and more so. At, like, all right, Dotson, when's, when's your time? When are you exactly. going to get going? I mean, even a guy like Eric Ebron, for example, yes. he was available yes. yesterday in practice. He hasn't really taken a ton of practice and, and, reps and, and stuff. And Mike Tomlin publicly stated that he was dealing with a minor elbow issue. Correct. <laughs> there has been none of that with, with Kevin Dotson. Exactly. And we also know because of this time of year, Coach Tomlin isn't forced – to have to really talk Correct. about. And he's been reminding everybody yes, of that. Yes, you know, he, he's never going to miss an opportunity to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he, Mike Tomlin does not have to disclose injuries this time of, of year. That does not start until, I believe, the first, or the, like the week going of, into going the, into the, week one. Yes. Like the week before the first game. Yeah. It's so with that, he's definitely taking advantage of that. And I mean, rightfully so. We, we fully expect that with him. But it goes back to just putting us in this position where we don't know why Dotson isn't available. All we know is we got the report that came out during minicamp and OTAs. Correct. It was, you know, denied and, and refuted and all of these things. But now it's looking more and more like that might have been – it might have been a little bit more, you know, validity to that. I think that's hard to ignore, Arthur Motes. I would agree. What say you on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52? You know, we want your take on everything that's going on with Kevin Dotson. How much in this – Motsi, does Rashad Coward play a role, right? I, At first, I thought, okay, you know, again, first few days, I thought maybe, okay, they know what they have in Kevin Dotson. This guy's been here for a year. Maybe they just want to see what they have in Rashad Coward, right? New guy, free agent, still relatively young himself, only 26 years old. But that's also become 
you know, it, it, you, you can you can think that in the first couple days. Mm-hmm. But then as he continues to, to get first-team reps and mm-hmm. continues to be very active out there and Kevin Dotson's on the sideline, I, I think it's, it's, it's almost gone from easy to say, ah, well, they're just trying to get a, a better look at Coward. They just want to see the new guy. They're putting him to the test a little bit. But Mozi, as the weeks go along, and and it's still Coward who seems to be the one who is the acting, you know, starting left guard. I think that almost works in the opposite way too. Now, where it starts at first, it's an easy excuse, a convenient excuse. Now it raises even more questions. Well, and I also look at it like this, man. Rashad Coward wasn't a rookie last year. Correct. Rashad Coward's been in the league this multiple years. This is his years. fourth season, I believe. Yes. So even though we use that and we're trying to use it more so as a justification. It still doesn't change the fact that you still would have wanted to see Dotson because Dotson, right. even though he was impressive last year, it was five games, six games. That's not a lot of football no, at the not. NFL level. Robert Splain is a guy going through similar things, but at least we're seeing Robert being out there. Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith, he's another and great example right there, man. We've talked about right how we've seen the progression, the year one mm-hmm. to year two jump that you want to see with these guys. Yes, indeed. Those guys fall into those categories, and those guys have come out and have at least shown the growth. Even with Spillane, a guy who had a little bit of a struggling performance on Thursday night. Well, at least we got a chance to see that. At least we got a chance to evaluate it. And now when we see him in practice this week, and he's improving upon those things, well, now we're like, okay, he can even take coaching. He can even take, you know, what he messed up on and improve upon that now that it's out here in his game time. With Dotson, we're not getting any of that right now. We don't know if he's gotten better. We don't know if he's gotten worse. We don't know if he's the same. We don't know what we're getting from him right now. And it's so alarming because it's at one of the most critical positions. Right now we're talking about this old line as a group. We need our best five out there for a fact. Yes. And we need those guys to start practicing together so they can start gelling as well. And right now we just haven't got that. And that becomes more and more concerning as you get closer and closer, like we said, five weeks from today to the real thing, to uh, game number one against a very good team, the Buffalo Bills, a team that was in the AFC Championship game last year, up in uh, what we know is going to be a rowdy setting up there in Buffalo, their first game with with tailgates in in two years. It makes you feel uneasy because the offensive line, Motsi, we're not breaking any news here. It feels like the real X factor for this team this season. We've talked about all these other things, right? Najee Harris, uh, the wide receivers, Matt Canada with the offense. We've talked about on defense how it is the depth there at certain positions, mm-hmm. how our starting positions are, or maybe number two or three roles going to shake out in the secondary and an off-ball linebacker. All these other concerns are valid, but number one on that list since the Browns came in here to Heinz Field uh, handcuffed without their head coach and a lot of their starters and beat the Steelers in that playoff game, You've heard it from Mr. Rooney. You've heard it from Mike Tomlin. You've heard it from Kevin Colbert. You've heard it from everyone involved with the organization that has any type of say in what goes around or what goes on around here. Offensive line run game. Offensive line run game. We've got to be able to run the football. We've got to be able to run the football. We've got to be able to run the football. Motsi, you wanted to see those five guys working together to feel better about that offensive line that does feel like the biggest question mark, that does feel like the biggest X factor as it relates to the success of the team this season. You want to see this start coming together sooner rather than later. You want to see those five guys getting work together because this is something Craig Wolfley talks about. Tunch Jokin has talked about plenty of times. An offensive line, it can be one of those, like, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Your offensive line, if they, if they have chemistry, if they have continuity, 
offensive lines as a unit have abilities to play above their head, to play above their individual skill level. And that's what we hope these guys with a lot of new names, a lot of new faces, a lot of young guys, a lot of rookies, a lot of first year in Pittsburgh guys coming in free agency, you're starting to feel uneasy about that chemistry from the offensive line and, and starting to think, man, all of a sudden, you're running out of time a little bit here. Yeah, that's definitely the case right now, man. And you don't want it to be like that, man. We know what this season is. We know the expectations. And we know in terms of seven, he doesn't have a ton of years just hanging okay. out there. Again, he is uh, he is no longer <laughs> on the front nine of his career. He he might not be on the 18th hole yet, right, all right? But, but, but he's... The, the, the years are becoming a lot he's more. He's maybe on the yes. 17th green. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got, uh, you know, I don't know, eight or nine shots le left in him on these next two holes. So well, if he's Motsi and I, he's got 13 or 14 hey, give or take, left Give or take about three or four more. <laughs> but when I think of that, man, it just goes back to why that sense of urgency is what it is. Why the, the panic is starting to become a little bit more present here because of that, man, because of what is at stake. The AFC isn't becoming easier. No partner, it is the, not. The, the, the AFC North isn't becoming that. That gap isn't becoming widened. No, no, buddy, it is not. It's been it's become narrowed. It's, it's a tough division. It's, it's a tough multiple conference. teams in here now that are going to be vying for playoff spots. Yep. And oh yeah, by the way, you got to play uh, the Green Bay Packers, who were in the NFC Championship game last year with Aaron Rodgers, mind you. Because remember, that was the speculation at, at surrounding that as well. Got to oh, play the Seattle Seahawks, who won their division. Mm -hmm. Like that, that. It's you're absolutely right. You know, it, like going 11-0 last year, finishing with 12 wins, that was all hunky-dory, and that was fantastic. And we had a lot of fun. I mean, you and I had a lot of fun doing the shows in that 11-week stretch. Yeah. We had ourselves a good old time. It was enjoyable for a for a while. But, man, that's just, that's just not going to be the reality this year. The AFC yeah. is loaded. The division is loaded. The schedule is tough right out of the gate. You have got to have things come together here. We, we know that... In the NFL, an 0-2 start, a 1-3 start. It doesn't feel like the death sentence that maybe it did a few years ago, but, but it's still it certainly is not the position tough, you want to be in. It is super tough. Even with the added playoff team, we saw last year a 10-win team did not make the playoff. Correct. 10-win team with an extra wild card team still didn't make the playoff. It's super competitive right now, man. So when you make this conversation come back full circle and we're talking about this offensive line and why it's so important that they get out here sooner rather than later, this is ultimately why. I mean, I, I did like the fact that yesterday we got a chance to see at least, you know, the four projected starters again out there, man. Now, granted, we wasn't out there the whole time, but we got right. to see them in right. some siblings together. That's, That's a step good. in the right direction. You've seen Chooks getting more work. Yes. You've seen Banner getting more work. You're absolutely right. That is a yeah. step in the right direction. But I still want to see those five together. Absolutely, man. It's it's like the starting five on a basketball team. you got to have chemistry. you got to be able to move the rock. you got to know where one guy's going to be without you know well, hearing and, him and yell you at talk, you. And I'm actually glad you brought up basketball because of the team concept there. That is almost directly – identical to a starting five yeah. offensive line. Like, all five of those guys legitimately have to work together. you got to have that nonverbal communication. Right, whereas at least with, you know, defense and stuff like that, man, it's more individual contractors, man. We're going to work together, but it's more so if I can come out here and rush the pass, I can rush the passer. If I can cover my guy, I can cover my guy. So that part is different, but this old line, they have to get out here and get together, though. They do. you got to be like a line in hockey, like a yeah. basketball starting five. That chemistry is so important, that, that non verbal that knowing what your you know what your guy on your left and your guy on your right is going to do even mm -hmm. when you guys don't have to signal each other it's just a it's just a thing that's ingrained in you when you spend
spend time together. That's what the Steelers had for so long. Very true. Back in the Arthur Motes era, uh, when it was when it was the best offensive line in football Very for a true. few years. Uh, and we're hoping this young group, that's what they can build towards. Uh, but they got to all five get out there to start building towards that, Arthur Motes, for sure. So you know where to get at us on Twitter if you want to join the conversation. We're going to talk more, obviously, about all this Hall of Fame ceremony stuff that went on last night and ongoing today. We are at Heinz Field up in the end zone. Training camp 2021 rocking and rolling here. It's the Steelers Blitz. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler on SNO. This is Black and Gold Fan Heaven. Listen to this crowd. SNR. Back in Heinz Field, it's the Steelers Blitz on a Sunday. Arthur Motes, is this the first Sunday show we've ever done? I think it is. Oh, it's a strong possibility because, Maybe you know. like mini camp or OTAs or something over the years, but no, I don't no. know. Mini camp is always during the week, man. That's true. Yeah, Correct. never. Correct. Uh, well, actually, probably is because, yeah, I, don't, I didn't do any training camp with you. Maybe a couple years ago at OTAs down on the south side, that might have been the only time. But I don't think so. Yeah, no first, Sundays, though. Yeah. First time doing a Sunday show. Absolutely, man. I was going to say, if they had an OTA practice when I was covering it on a Sunday, oh, man, I would have blew the whistle. You know, that was a part of our lockout. Yeah, 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 yeah. No weekend action at OTAs and mini camps. That's true. Absolutely. You would have been out there on yeah. the phone with the player with I, the I'd NFL have, I'd have been calling them up. Hey, hey, hey. Something ain't right here, guys. Something is not right. Come up here quick. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get your people on the phone. Come right, on. For a fact, man, that would have been my mindset, man. But, dude, I kind of like this, this Sunday, the Sabbath, right? Well, I guess the Sabbath depends on where you're at. Some people look at that as Saturday. Some people look at it as true, Sunday. True, true. But either way. It's a beautiful day to be out here working with you. Was one friend. of the first few things, one of the first things you ever told me. Uh, one of the first couple weeks we were ever doing shows, there was like a story that broke that the NFL was considering having games on Saturday as mm -hmm. well as Sunday, something like that. And we were talking about it, and you said, "Uh, uh, man." Sundays are, are, the, are for the Lord and for football. Hey, man, that's the Lord's day and it's football day. It's that simple. You go to church in the morning, get your God on. Then after that, you come back and you watch your football kick off at 1 o'clock all the way until the midnight is over. That's you, how it's supposed to be. You go to bed with a belly full of beer you know? and, yeah. and, and meats. You know, and, and then spend the rest of the week recovering and detoxing. That's how it's supposed to be, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> But the fact that we're right here in Hinesville, man. You go from one sanctuary to another. You can't go wrong with this at all, man. This is beautiful right here, man. Church pew to a row here at Heinz Field. That's and the congregation is filling in if we say that right. They are, absolutely. As we are about 10 minutes or so away from practice, another beautiful day down here on the North Shore. You got Motsi and I until 3 o'clock. Practice starting around 1.30. We are rocking and rolling. We are having some fun. The energy is high here. Arthur Motes, Steeler Nation is out representing but my goodness, cousin, not like last night in Canton. How? That was beautiful. That was a sight to be seen right there, man. You, you know, Motsi, I knew, all right, it's, it's something, you know, we've been talking about it for two years. You know, when, when the Hall of Fame 2020 class originally got announced, everyone said, oh, that's going to be a party weekend in yes. Canton. Right, because Steelers take over. Because you got you got Cower, you got Shell, you got Palomalu. It's going to be a Steelers party in Canton, and then everything transpired with that jerk COVID and Corona. Right, yes, this is true. Wrecking is our true. wrecking our world for the last year and a half or so. Tried to rear its ugly head back up. Reared its reared its ugly head at every corner, messing up our lives. Bringing in the, the unprecedented times when we want to get back to the precedent. <laughs> we want to be president. We don't want to be unprecedented. Gee. <laughs> and then we found out, Arthur Motes, that because of that jerk corona, that uh, Hall of Fame 2020 was going to be combined with Hall of Fame 2021, this that it was going to be delayed a year and there was going to be a combo weekend. 
and we found out that Alan Fanica and Bill Nunn were going to be in as well, too. So all of a sudden... We say, hey, man, we like this Corona year. This is cool. So this works. All of a sudden... <laughs> It went from, hey, we were going to have a party out here for 2020 with three Steelers getting inducted to, my goodness, it's it's going to be chaos in 2021 when five Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be getting into the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Three last night, two tonight. And so we knew there was going to be a lot of black and gold. There was going to be a lot of terrible towels. There was going to be a lot of Yinzen out there in Canton. But Motsi, my goodness, I, I couldn't have even fathomed that it was going to look like it did last night. They might as well have had that ceremony here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was beautiful, man. And they easily could have done it here in Pittsburgh, it was, man. It was insane. Yeah, it was packed out. That's how we wanted it to be, though, man. Anytime you're talking about guys receiving the highest honor as it pertains to the NFL, as it pertains to being a part of pro football history, I mean, that's the type of turnout you want to see. I mean, I don't think you could draw it up any better than that. Just think about the feeling you get as a player out here, right? When you're out here and 70,000 fans going crazy, screaming your name, chanting, you know, here we go Steelers. Yep. And now you finally have made all these plays. You've had, you know, all this type of impact, not just for the Steelers, but for the NFL as a whole. Yeah. To the point where now you're becoming immortalized. You're going to get your, your bronze bust. You're, you're going into the hall. And to see that type of reception for those guys, those Pittsburgh Steelers that went in, Man, that is beautiful. It Those guys insane. will never forget that moment. Obviously, the Hall of Fame is huge, but that type of turnout is the icing on the cake. That type of turnout is what makes it that much more sweeter when you're talking to a guy like Troy compared to if you ask a guy like Terrell, uh, Terrell Owens, right, who we know the situation wasn't as savory for him. Right, he didn't have a, a team that right, needs right. like that. But that's that's the beauty of Steeler Nation, man, like – that support is unrivaled, man. I love it. Very fortunate to be a part of it. And, man, those guys that went in last night, it was beautiful to see them receive that type of jubilation. Oh, it absolutely was. You're absolutely correct. It was just <laughs> – it was insane. It really was. I mean, you had just the, the outpouring of love for Donnie Shell and then for Troy Shout Balabalu. out to the, to, the, to the shoes, too. How about the gold Jordans? Love the, love the gold Jays. must be the shoes, Arthur Moe. Come on, man. That's what a wise man once told me. Uh, and just – I mean, it was a football royalty night to, to have Steelers Nation take that over when there was still such a presence. I mean, Moats, there was a Cowboy that was inducted last night. There was a Chicago Bear that was inducted That's last true. night. And, and we realize, all right, I don't want to sound naive here. Pittsburgh is much closer to Canton than Dallas yeah. is. All From right? a ge ge geographical <laughs> location. I, I, yeah. So I get it. It's easier for our fans to make a day trip out of it. Just drive out there for the day, drive back in the night. It's it's more affordable. It's it's easier to do. I get that. I don't want to sound naive. But the Chicago Bears are are a brand in this country. The Dallas Cowboys are a brand Listen, in this country. Listen, the Dallas country. Cowboys hold their training camp in a different state. Correct. Thousand miles away, different states. Like not like we do with Latrobe, so, uh, exactly. like an hour away. So They're like a whole thousand narrative, miles away. Right, that whole narrative of oh well, it's further away. That's I don't care about any of that. Dallas travels the same way we travel. We saw that same game that was here when it was Dak's rookie year, Zeke's rookie year. That's true. And we saw the Cowboys turn out the I've, way they did. I've, I've never seen exactly. a fan base at, at exactly, Heinz Field man. like that, like that day. That was they travel. That they was surprising. Tried. That was surprising for sure. Um, and, and you just, like, it's, it's, it's black and gold everywhere. It's terrible towels everywhere. It was a moment that Steeler Nation had been waiting for for a year and a half at this point, almost almost two years, and just, just really cool to, to have Steeler Nation take over um, while you're still having guys like Jimmy Johnson inducted, right, while you're still having guys like Jim Covert inducted and, and his ties to Pittsburgh and, and to Pitt as well too. It was a Steeler night. 
There's, there's no denying that. There was, there was a presence there from a lot of iconic franchises, but it was a Steeler night. And, and Motsi, all, all respect to Donnie Shell and to Bill Cowher because those guys' speeches were great. Those guys' enshrinements were fantastic. Uh, I thought Mr. Rooney's, um, you know, what do they, what do they call it? His, his induction, remarks. His, re his remarks. <laughs> yeah, his induction of Bill Cowher was really well said. Um, but my goodness, our guy Troy Polamalu just absolutely stole the show. Let the hair down, mid show. Absolutely love that, man. And Troy, in Troy fashion, man, in the middle of him giving that awesome speech, still super humble, still trying to pass the, you know, the praise to other people. I mean, you think about Mike Logan, for example. Mike, awesome dude. Love Mike. Mike, yep. super cool. How cool was, was a moment, was that moment last night where you're hearing Troy give Mike his flowers? Mike, in terms of football pantheon and things like that, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. No. But you talk about impact. You talk about legacy. That's what it's about. Every player in here isn't going to be a Hall of Famer, but we all have impact, the good ones at least. And to hear Troy talk about how Mike was being selfless and would ultimately give him the nuggets that he needed to help him become a better player. Troy talked about how he struggled his rookie year, but how he could ultimately lean on Mike to know yep. that Mike was going to give him legitimate coaching points, legitimate tips to help him be a better player. And I was really glad to see him actually give him those flowers on the biggest stage Heck in yeah. the biggest moment. But that is such a Troy move right there, man. It, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, that was a big part of his speech, Motsi, was talking about that culture. Um, you know, this is our culture, Steelers culture. Uh, Troy Palomalu said, and I quote, what I truly appreciate about the Steelers way is that at its core, it's the success of a family, a culture based on the essential values any person respects and honors. Humility, passion, resilience, service, and legacy. And 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 you're right, Motsi. It's something that you've discussed on this show before. The it's something that a lot of people can't relate to unless you've been a part of it. You know, uh, being Mike Logan and mentoring this first round pick who was brought here from USC to take your job. You know, it's a different. It, it's a different feeling, man. It's a different way that it challenges you mentally because it yes. goes against everything that you've been taught as a player that you've, you know, embraced as a player. But when you're able to get that, a guy can be selfless in terms of Mike and you see how he paid it forward with Troy and then you see what Troy became. Whew. That's why you do it. That's why you you become selfless. That's why you want to help the next person because you never know what seeds you're planting. You never that's know true. the impact that a positive word could be, you know, and, and that's why I just love to hear these type of stories and see them come full circle like that. Who did you think had the best bust? You know, I got to ask you. I mean, it's tough to beat the hair. Troy, Troy because the hair, that was my thing, man. It's, it's tough to beat the hair. Yeah. It was, anytime you're able to get the full locks in the back like that, because with the bus, typically they're all going to be within the same ballpark, right? Not a lot of, you know, defining characteristics. Oh, this is different. Because even Edron James' hair wasn't as Correct. robust as Troy's. Correct. You know what I mean? But when you see Troy's, like, they were very distinct. They were very intentional with the locks and making sure the length on the locks as well were where they needed to be. So that's why for me, I'm like, I got to go Troy. And I'm biased. I shared the locker room with him. I shared the huddle oh, with this guy, man. Absolutely. I, I love Fanica. Love Bill Coward. Love Donnie. You know, didn't get a chance to meet Bill and them, but love him as well. There's only one baby Jesus. There's only one baby Jesus. And it's only one that I got to play with. So, yeah, he's going to have the best bus in all, in all Agreed. of Canton. Agreed.
Man, that hair yeah. is just just flowing. They should keep, you know, when when they have, when they put his bust like in the in the museum wing of the Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. they should just keep it turned around backwards, because you can't have that hair hiding in the back. I mean, see, I would have loved to see them like step out the box and make it like innovative, where it actually like moves a little bit. <laughs> let let the hair flow a little. I don't know how they could do that. The first rotating bust. Yeah, the Hall something, of Fame. man. Because it's Troy. <laughs> and you know what I love, too? They ain't doing that for Dawkins. They ain't doing that for E.D. Reed. Come on, man. I was thinking about this last night. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of Mike Tomlin has, has put his own twist on um, a Chuck Knoll-ism. Mm -hmm. You know, you've talked a lot about how, how Mike Tomlin says all the time, you know, we don't care where good ideas come from as long as we have them. You know, we don't care how you got here. Um, if you can play, if you can contribute, that's all that we care about. That's something that was kind of derived from Chuck Knoll, right? Chuck Correct. Knoll used to always say that. Um, you know, look at how many first-round Hall of Fame picks the Steelers of the 70s had, but look how many undrafted guys like Donnie Schell that the Steelers had as well, too. And mm -hmm. Donnie Schell talked about that last night, you know, being a rookie, being an undrafted guy out of South Carolina State, you know, a, a smaller program, not a, you know, a traditional, um, you know, uh, blue blood program, Correct. if you will. I was thinking about this, and as Donnie Shell talked about how, you know, Chuck Noll would always tell us, we don't care how you got here. Like, you, you're going to get an opportunity. Show us what you can do. And we talk about the Steeler way and the Steeler culture and just the history of this organization, one of the most successful organizations in all of American sports history. Those three guys last night, Motsi, I think kind of personified that. Look at the three of those guys who got inducted and the different backgrounds and areas that they came from, right? Bill Cower. Pittsburgh native. Mm -hmm. I mean, born, dude, born and raised right, right, minutes, right across the hill, right? 10 minutes away from here <laughs> and still has one of my favorite comments <laughs> ever at his at his introductory press conference. Absolutely love it, man. When he said, I've got my 20-year high school reunion uh, in two seasons, so if I just don't mess this up for two years, I'm going to go back to my high school yep. reunion as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You had a guy like Bill Cower, right, um, who had to scratch and claw for his roster opportunities as a player with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then, you know, kind of jumped around, uh, spent some time in a few organizations, with, with, was with Kansas City before he got hired yep. by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Local guy, makes it, you know, up through the, through the ranks as a coach, ends up winning a Super Bowl for his hometown team, ends up going into the Hall of Fame. And he went to the high school reunion as well. And he went to that high school reunion <laughs> as the coach, as of, the the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I mean, hey, 38. I'm going to say, don't leave that part of the story. Eight Please. years old, head coach of the Steelers. How we doing? No, hey, just, just a rock star. No, you know? no big deal. Doing what he does. No big deal. Then you have a guy like Troy Polamalu, right? Um, who went to the blue chip school? Yeah. Who who was Southern? You know, USC at that time. Troy was going there. Uh, for all you kids out there listening who might not remember, they were like Alabama was right yes. right now Very <laughs> at true. the time that Troy was there. They were the. Um, program in college football. They were going undefeated. They were winning national championships. They had Heisman's every other year. They had first-round picks out the wazoo, and Troy was part of that. Troy was one of those first-round picks. Troy was one of those guys who had a ton of success at USC. He comes to the Steelers, though, and struggles a little bit as mm -hmm. a rookie, has to cut his teeth on special teams, has some people in this town doubting why did they take this guy as a first-round pick. Who where would does, ever do such a thing? Where, where does he come? Oh, you want me to dime some people out? I mean, I was a kid. I remember. I got uh -oh, the newspaper uh -oh, uh -oh. clippings still. Um, you know, he, he's got to kind of find his way, and, and a lot of people doubting, uh, can this non-traditional guy who doesn't really naturally fit in at, at, a, at a position like we've seen before, can he have his, his success? And he does, and he goes on to be one of the, the 
the most unique safeties, one of the most unique NFL players we've ever seen. And then Donnie Shell, right? Small school, undrafted, has to scratch and claw on a defense that is just littered with future, loaded. littered with future <laughs> Hall of Famers and loaded. Motsi, just last night, as I'm as I'm watching all the ceremonies last night. It kind of struck me that, like, this is the Steelers personified, right? You've got the blue chip, blue blood, first-round draft pick guy. You've got the local guy who has the has the accent and had to climb his way mm -hmm. up the rankings. You know, had to have that lunch pail mentality to work his way up the coaching rankings. And then you've got the undrafted small school guy um, who, who came here against all odds and ends up not only being a four-time Super Bowl champion, but a friggin' Hall of Famer. That's the Steelers personified to me, Motsi. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how you got here. There's opportunity to be had out there if, if you can prove you belong. Yeah, that's 100% the case and absolutely why I love it as well here because it gives you that opportunity when you don't fit the mold, when you're not a blue chip recruit, when you're not coming from a power five school, you can still have a chance to come here and be successful if you work hard, if you buy into this system, and you're a productive player. And that is the beauty of the Pittsburgh Steelers and why they've been able to not just have great players, but they've been able to have organizational longevity. The success that they've been able to sustain year in and year out, it goes back to that. It goes back to, I don't care how you find these guys. We could go down the list of Alex Heisman. Alex Heisman went to the University of Charlotte, North or Charlotte, or UNC Charlotte. UNC Charlotte. U University yeah. of North Carolina, Charlotte. Not the University of Chapel Hill, not Wake Forest, not not, not a power conference. Not Clemson. No, or, not yeah. at all. It doesn't matter where you find guys like that at though. If they can play, they can play. We know Big Ben is a first round draft pick, but he went to Miami of Ohio. Not Miami in you know, Florida. Not that you. Not, not, not that you. Which was winning national championships yeah. when Ben was in college. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Ken Dorsey, absolutely. We're not talking about those. We're talking about, like I said, small school guys, though, that they're able to just find them, bring them in here, and if you can ball, you can ball. And to me, man, that is what the Steelers is, man. So I'm glad that you hit on that as well. It was a lot of fun last night. Going to be even uh, – or going to be as much fun tonight with a long overdue induction of Bill Nunn and also big number 66, a long overdue induction for Alan Fanica as well. We'll talk about those two gentlemen on the other side. Get to some of your tweets as well. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz live at Heinz Field. Training Camp 2021 on SNR. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. Live at Heinz Field is the Steelers Blitz, Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. Final segment of hour number one today. You've got us until 3 o'clock until we hand things off to Canton. To our buddies Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson for a special edition of the drive here on SNR as it is Steelers weekend here at Heinz Field. It's Steelers weekend out in Canton. The nation taking over and representing as they do so well. A reminder, folks, that for the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to an extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, you got to visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores. There's one located right here at Heinz Field, also at the Grove City Premium Outlets or the Tanger Outlets. You can always visit and shop online at shop.steelers.com for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from 
the team. Gary tweets us here, Motsi, and says, love the fact that you guys are doing a live show today. I was dumb enough to volunteer to work OT this morning, and you mm. guys are making it tolerable. Keep up the great work and go Steelers. Thank you, Gary. And those are my favorite kind of tweets, Motsi, when people tell us they're getting us through their work day. Absolutely. If That's we're not helping you with work, then we are not doing our job. Because you're helping us with work by tweeting us. Yeah. So. And I feel bad that you had to sign up for OT, man. Don't die. OT is only cool when not it's – Not on a Sunday. Yeah, not on a Sunday, though, baby. Lord, not on a Sunday. <laughs> but with, thanks for rocking with us, Gary. David tweets us and says, man, if you're not proud to be a Yinzer after that Troy Polamalu speech last night, I feel bad for you. What a special night for Steeler Nation. Absolutely. Like I said, I felt bad for Jimmy Johnson and for Bill Cowher that they had to follow up Troy Polamalu yeah. because that was just – he crushed it. I do wonder why they didn't have Troy just go last. I feel like he, he's one of those ones, yeah. It's a good question. It's like, man, you don't want anyone to have to go behind That's that. a really good question. And you just knew, Motsi, you knew he was going to kill it because yeah, it's Troy. we haven't heard – we don't hear from Troy very yeah. often. And you just knew in a moment like that that he had a lot to say because mm -hmm. he doesn't say much very often. You knew he was yeah. going to come correct, and, and that was just a moment that Steeler Nation has been waiting for, honestly, ever since he retired. Yeah, for a fact, man. We wanted him to go in. We wanted to hear what he had to say in yep. terms of uh, – just his appreciation for Steeler Nation, his appreciation for this time. I was loving what I was hearing when he was talking about Dick LeBeau. Oh. And just the legendary guys that have been around him, um, even to the point where he had, I think he said Tom Brady's a body coach as well, right, uh, in terms of, you know, being a part of his team. I, I just thought to me, man, that is a guy, man. He's just so unique, so special. And he just moves the needle. It he doesn't really, matter, yes. man, if That's he's talking five minutes or he's talking 30 minutes. It. Like, he moves the needle. We want, we want to watch Troy. You tune in for Troy. Even if you didn't watch the whole ceremony, you watch Troy. 100%. Because it's Troy Palomalu, man. He was trending on Twitter last night. I had, you know, a couple of my buddies. My man trends. He doesn't even tweet. Like, let's be real. <laughs> That's a good point. Trending on Twitter. He yeah. doesn't even tweet. A couple of, you know, a couple of my buddies who are not Steelers fans, you know, a couple college buddies even texted me last night and, and were, were saying how awesome that was and how they were even a little jammed up here in Troy Palomalu's speech. I, I can definitely understand uh, why everyone thought that that was so special for sure. A lot of fun last night. It's going to continue tonight. This is a good one here, Arthur Motes, from Mike. Mike tweets us and says, all right, with it being Hall of Fame weekend, uh, how do we feel about the current Steelers roster, current Steelers organization, and guys that have a chance to be gold jacket wearers one day? Feels like Ben Roethlisberger is a lock, but aside from him, what do you guys think? Uh, TJ, he'll be in the conversation. If he continues this trajectory, um, you can say the same for Minka. Yeah, I think there's a couple different categories here, yeah. right? Um, and you know what, Motsi? If we're talking organizationally, three locks, okay? What do you mean organizationally? Organizationally. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, you're talking coaches and stuff. Okay. three locks yeah. right now, I would say. Okay. Benjamin Roethlisberger. Mm -hmm. Fair? No, no, yeah. I, must, I know the three. Go ahead. Yeah. Kevin Colbert. Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin. He's thinking, folks. No, the only reason when you say Kevin Colbert, I'm because I'm thinking of first ballot, and I don't know if he'll be first ballot. I don't know if he will either. Right. Whereas but I think Coach T be first, but I think Ben will be first ballot. Agreed with that. Yeah. I think Kevin Colbert will be a gold jacket. Yeah, he will. Day, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think those three are locks to get in one day. Then Motsi, there's the um, on on the path, but still need more time. Still need to 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 do it for for more mm -hmm. years here. I think Minka and TJ are in that yeah. group. That's fair to say. Like. If they continue on the trajectory that yeah. they're on, they're going to have a great chance to, to be in that conversation to be there. But you but need to see them. But yeah, when we talk about trajectory. Hall of Fame, 
It's Man, Hall of Fame. This is tough. Like L. C. Greenwood isn't in the Hall of Fame. I mean, think Fame. about Casey Hampton think isn't about, in the Hall of Fame. Hines Ward isn't in the like Hall of Fame. It's people that were really like, they were willing to debate if A. B. should be a Hall of Famer or not, just because the oh, off the field. Oh, you went there. I but, was thinking about but going even there. You think about how his performance was on the field. Like that's Hall of Fame worthy. Oh, that was he's dominance. Right. I think he's if he keeps his head down, has another good. He should good, definitely be a first ballot guy. With, like with he's Bucks, that talented. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So when I think of that level of success. What Minka and TJ have done has been more L Bell like in terms of the 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 length of it, right? We're talking a two to three year window. None of them have done what A B has done just yet, and he's probably outside of Ben the only guy that I realistically could see right now saying, "All right, yeah, I think he he's done enough." So with TJ and with Minka, they just got to keep it going. Yeah. They got to keep it going. Yeah. You do it for five more years, and right. we're going to be talking about you because being a gold jacket you can do guy. it for one or two. You could do it for even two to three, but the guys that, that get the gold jackets, those guys have done it for a while. And that might be the difference, right, between like a Debo getting in or not. Correct. He yeah. just – he man, his his peak was about as good as anybody that we've mm -hmm. seen, but the longevity – it's, it's got to be a, a marriage of those two things. Absolutely, man. You got to have the longevity because – in the NFL, man, it's, like I said, too many people have done it just once. Too many people have done it for a small sample size. And when you – Even a guy like Lamar Woodley. Right, think about you, how great Woodley was for, for like, like three years. Woodley was going – like, let's be real. We're Woodley, the same way we talk about TJ, Woodley was in those conversations early on in his career as well. But you have to continue on, and it's a lot, whether it's injuries, whether it's the contract situation, right? Think about Bud Dupree, right, for, for context. He was thriving with TJ opposite him, right? He was. Now he's obviously made his money, but that landed him in Tennessee. Might not be the same type of defense, might not be the same type of opportunities for him in Tennessee as in Pittsburgh. That falls in this as well, man. So it is a very tough thing to do to get into the Hall of Fame at the pro football level, and a lot has to go right for you. But I will say TJ and Mink, I do think they're on the right path. So I, I agree with you there. I think the, you know, need more time, but, but have started out well, uh, TJ and Minka. Like I said, I think – Ben and Tomlin are first ballot guys. I think Kevin Colbert is also a lock to get in at some point. And then you ready for this, Motsi? Now, this is the this is the part that Steelers fans don't want to talk about. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's the um there's the there's the Heinz Ward, the Casey Hampton wing, uh -huh. right? The Hall of really stinking good. Uh-oh. But I don't think they're going to get in. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm not having this conversation with you try to get me in trouble, man. Cam and Joe. Ooh. Like those guys, my goodness, they are they are first ballot hall of really stinking good. But I, yeah. I know a lot of people. I think a lot like the Heinz Ward conversation are, are gonna say are gonna bring. Cam, we'll get tweets about Joe and we'll get tweets about Cam. But like you said, Mozi, it is the Hall of Fame, and those guys are really stinking good. But I think they're. I think they'll be, you know, in the finalist, semi-finalist range, but I, I don't know if they'll ever be gold jacket guys. And that's not to take anything away from them. That's just, again, it is the Hall of Fame. It's very, I mean, look, we think Alan Fanica is the best guard of his generation. Very true. And he had to wait, what, six or seven years to get in? Yes. Uh, that, that's, that's how these things go, man. Um, look and at like a guy like said, Drew Pearson the, and how the, long he had to wait at his position for that generation. Like, we legitimately have those conversations. Like a seven-time All-Pro. Yes. And I think that that is the difference right now when you're talking about Joe, when you're talking about Cam. Really good players, excellent players. But I don't think we went into a year and said, man, they're, they're the best of their position. Correct. Like, hands down, not even a debate, Correct. the best of their position. Cam Hayward's been in the conversation for a few years. But, but like you and long, I have talked yeah. about, too, 
he was kind of a late, like he was kind of he a weirder a late, late bloomer. bloomer. Yeah. Like he was, he was on his second contract before he started playing before he, to this. He, before level. he became yes. a a pretty consistent Pro Bowler, All Pro type guy. Yes. And again, that is to take nothing away from those two. They are phenomenal football players. They will be in the Steelers Hall of Honor, I would imagine, one day. Absolutely. For sure. And you know what? We're hopeful that they'll get a ring before they get out of here as well, too. Um, but I, I feel like there's three locks if you're talking the whole organization. Colbert, Tomlin, Roethlisberger. Two that are on the way. Watt and, uh, and Minka Fitzpatrick. And then two that are in the Hall of Really Good, but not quite Canton. Uh, Cam and Joe Hayden. But, hey, they're also not retired yet, you know, so they could change my mind here, Motsi. <laughs> all, all it takes is a couple more hot years on the back end, man. That'll add to it. But there's my long-winded answer for Mike there about how I feel about everyone other than Benjamin Roethlisberger. But it is pretty cool, though, that we can legitimately have this conversation and say, are you talking about on the field or are you talking about organizationally? Because we have that. We have guys that – are in the front office. That's where Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, that are in, in, they're waiting in the wings. We have the guys that are currently on the field, Ben Roethlisberger, waiting in the wings. You even have the log jam, Hans Ward, Casey Hampton, that group, waiting in the wings. And now we're talking about True. potentially the next wave of guys. Where there's, it, st there's still a movement to get LC in there, like, man. Like to me, man, that just it, it really just goes back into the true testament of just how awesome this organization has been with the talent they've been able to acquire, but also that it's been able to come to fruition and actually be and actually produced to that level as well, man. Over 30 Hall of Famers in the almost 100-year history of the – I should say almost 90-year history of the Pittsburgh Steelers would be closer as this is the 88th season of the black and gold. Over 30 Hall of Famers in those 80-some seasons. You do the math, that's pretty good, producing a Hall of Famer about every three years and like we said definitely some more to come here some guys who are still in that conversation and uh and it's always a lot of fun when we have these opportunities to look back to look ahead and again tonight like we're, we're in the afterglow of last night still mozi <laughs> we, we can't even get 24 hours before we got to celebrate our next group come but tonight's on, man. gonna be awesome as well too because it's it's two guys that are overdue now bill nunn for a, a completely uh, much longer than yeah. alan fanica but still two guys that are overdue i think you've seen that enthusiasm from alan fanica all weekend definitely like he's there with his wife and his kids and they have just been waiting for this you can tell that they were probably a little let down a little disappointed by the past couple years when it felt like it was Allen's time and he still didn't get that knock on his door he still didn't get that phone call from Canton you can sense the energy from the Fanica clan and I know that that's just going to be an explosion uh, of emotion and energy and joy tonight in Canton and then from the Nunn family as well too you know, for a for a guy that, you know, Motsi and I talk about this a lot, mm -hmm. a guy that should have been around to get all of his roses, but you know what? It's better late than never, and that's going to be a different type of, of an, an emotional outpouring tonight. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, partner. Yes, indeed, man. You hit on it perfectly right there, man. When we're thinking about Alan Fanica, I mean, first off, his story is crazy, man. When you talk about – you know, him being a, a dominant guard, then being able to play tackle and still be dominant. I mean, he, he's a versatile player. He can do whatever you need. And it was during a time where we don't talk about offensive linemen. Let's Correct. be real. Like, Especially guards. Ne Next-gen stats, advanced Especially stats. Especially guards. Nobody was talking about that back then. So if you were getting noticed as an offensive lineman during that generation, during that era, that means you were really kicking some serious butt. But then I also think about his impact off the field, man, the things that he's been able to do with the various charities he works with. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's coaching high school football right now as well. So you think about the impact for those guys, that next generation. We talk about paying it forward, right? The seeds that yeah. he's going to potentially be planting. 
how awesome is it to say that, man, in high school, I'm being coached by a Hall of Famer. <laughs> coached by Hall of Famer. In fact, I might even go to his induction. Like, that's the type of, like, energy that is going on right now. That, to me, is just a beautiful thing to see. And once again, even though it took way too long for him to get in, Better, Similar to Donnie Show. Better late than Better never. Better late than never. Absolutely, man. Yep, and you saw the outpouring uh, from Steeler Nation last night. A, a lot of members of the organization, past and present. Kiesel was there last night. Joe, nine, nine. Joey Porter. Come on, man. Was, you know, was, he was there. was there last night as well, too. And we're looking for more, uh, more excitement, more energy, more memories made tonight in Canton. We've got an hour in the books, another hour to go here live from Heinz Field. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you know where to get at us if you want to join the conversation on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. It's the Steelers Blitz live from Heinz Field, training camp 2021 on SNR. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation. Beloved Black and Gold. SNR.